Real quick note on today's episode. When we were recording it, we didn't think we'd have enough time to get this out while the Kickstarter was still live. It's still live. Today's going to be the last day when this releases. Go check out Fire in the Mole, M-O-H-L-E, over on Kickstarter. You can back it today, but probably the only today, the first day this episode has dropped. Check it out. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by our guest, Rocky Gardner, who is one half of Silver Belay. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Now, you, I, I, let's, let's go real quick. Uh, you've been making, putting out your own adventures and games and whatnot. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about what you have out there and what you've been making? We started making games in, I think, about 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got several adventures on Drive-Thru RPG. We've got three or four adventures in print. Uh, we have two issues of Fantastic Geographic, our new zine, are floating around out there. Uh, issue one's print copy is completely sold out. Issue two, we've got about 25 or 30 copies left. Next chance to get those will be at TotalCon. Is where we'll be live next. So what 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 you've been putting out? Uh, are they? Uh, I, I'm, they're mostly adventures, correct? Uh, largely, they're adventures. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, the Kickstarter that we just finished up most recently was Fire in the Mole, an MCC Kickstarter for third level characters, which is you know fifth or sixth level characters for your classic D and D setting. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that MCC. It's a pretty good little game. We ran a we ran a campaign of it with our game group recently. Actually, I think I think when we switched nights around, I think they're still playing MCC. I'm just not able to play that night. I'm playing on an alternate night. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it is. Uh, both DCC and MCC are such fun games to play. The guy that wrote MCC is in the IP with us. That's our our little conglomerate of uh, small publishers that get together to sell books together mm -hmm. um, yes yep jim wampler so i see him quite often at conventions he's a great guy he, he actually lives right around here we've, we've gotten an opportunity to talk to him but he's like right here in the area and he the mcc stuff we were fortunate enough to have gateway games out here for a long time which just closed up and gateway games carried a lot of jim wampler's stuff and, and, and uh you know uh jeffrey tulaney and stuff yep and and and, and uh other folks from the independent publishers union stuff they had a great selection i'm sad to see them go because it was one of the places that actually carried a lot of that stuff game yep. stores it's hard to find that in these days it is it is even my local game store they'll carry you know a couple of copies of my books but anything else small publisher it's so hard to find a game store that can support it you know yeah it's it's a commitment to them right like they've got to buy hundred dollars worth of product to sit that might not sell and you start doing that five six seven people that money adds up real quick <laughs> yeah so uh, could you tell us a bit about some of your adventures and and what it is that that, that uh what it is that drives your adventures what do you think that makes them stand out and unique um well they're all different so creeping cold our our first kickstarter was a it was a horror themed low level 5e and swords and wizardry adventure that centered around getting snowed into basically an in tavern for four or five days and murders start happening and 
the players have got to figure out the whodunit in that one. Oh, <laughs> Most of our Fantastic Geographics have smaller adventures in them. The next adventure that we planned on publishing was a series of short adventures that are set in our home city of Redstone. Mm-hmm. And those have actually been translated into Fantastic Geographic. And they're every uh, the parties join a thieves guild and they have to do low level thieves guild stuff, you know, um, rough up the rival gang without getting caught by the guards without killing anybody because you know that's a capital offense or stealing the bag of money from the other group or you know that that type of thing low level stuff find out where who was the plant that ratted to the judge about what your group was doing that kind of thing yeah so and those are like every issue of fantastic geographic is getting another one of those adventures in it fire the mole was kind of a futuristic i don't want to call it a dungeon crawl but it's a facility that's run by a couple of ais that need some help from the PCs to go in and clean out mm-hmm. the problems that it's having. So there, we, we vary a lot on the scale of what type of adventures we have. Excellent. Excellent. Just real quick. And this is, we're not near being done. You just asked the end, where can folks find like drive through RPG and find Boulay, silver Boulay there. If they're wanting to pick up some of the print copies of some of the things you have out there, where do they want to look for that? Uh, largely we don't have an online presence for our print copies yet. If you, miss the kickstarter you pretty much have to catch us at one of the conventions we attend mm-hmm. which is traditionally it's gary con but i don't think we're hitting gary con this year total con game hole con and north texas rpg con are the ones that we traditionally hit but we're talking about trying to hit a couple of our smaller local conventions this year like because the ipu is so many individual groups it's it's kind of like Jim might be able to hit one down in ohio somewhere i might be able to hit one in michigan somewhere we're talking about doing that i think that this upcoming year I think that he is, from what I've heard, I spoke to somebody, I think someone said that he is going to be at this one here in January called Ice and Dice I may be running some games at, and I heard that he's going to probably be there uh, tabling or something. I'm not sure, I'm not sure 100%, but I'm pretty sure they were going to have some kind of presence there. But yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we're trying, we're trying to, to expand our reach a little bit from the the few traditional places that we go mm-hmm. and i think that jim might have some copies of our print stuff in his mud puppy games mm-hmm. store so you can check mud puppy games to see if he's got any of our imprint stuff and if you happen to need at least you used to be able to get it there if you happen to need a gary Gygax and dave arniston uh minis i know that he was selling them there for a little bit and i had to get those <laughs> yep I, uh when he released them at game hole in 2021 i had to buy two copies one to keep in the package and one to paint that i still haven't gotten around to painting <laughs> i got i got mine sitting up there on my shelf somewhere floating around so I, i've got a question how did you how did you get your start into putting your stuff out there? You've been going since 2016. That's what roughly six years now. How did you yep. how did you how did Silver Belay start up and start putting their stuff out there? I'm a big fan of Mega Dungeons and Ian, my my partner, and I were just talking about it one day, and I was just like, Hey, I'd really love to publish a Mega Dungeon. And he's like, We can do that. It'll take it'll take some time and some work. But if you want to sit down and start writing stuff and publishing it so we can learn what we're doing, so that we can do a big book like that mm-hmm. and that's what we've been doing ever since just slowly learning how to build up the library and build up the page count in a book to make a good looking book long term yeah so what what 
we got a lot of people who are listeners who are putting out their own zines and, and trying their hand at creating stuff. What kind of suggestions and or advice would you give them in trying to pursue something like that? Okay, so that that's a kind of wide open question, but <laughs> number one, you can't proofread your own work. Have somebody else read your work for you. Make sure that you are finding the right people to do what you need. I can't draw a lot. I can't draw a straight line, much less anything more complex than that. So you'll never see a piece of my artwork in one of our books. But Ian has been working really hard on drawing maps and learning how to do that artwork. So he's good at it and he knows that that's one of his strengths. So he's worked to get that strength better and better where I know that one of my strengths is being able to do layout. So I've been working on getting that better and better and just figuring out what the, what those strengths are and then focusing on them and then farming out what you can't do. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most important pieces of advice I could give is know what you can and what you can't do. Know your limitations. <laughs> yep, absolutely. One of the things I like to ask folks who come on here is what is their gaming history like? Where did you get your start? Where did you first come into the game? What have you been playing over the years? And how did that transition to trying to put your own out there into the world? So I've got a long story to history in gaming. I started in the heart of the satanic panic. And I was one of those kids that wasn't allowed to play. So <laughs> I, was I, <laughs> I stuck off to the library and the library. I grew up in a town in, in Florida called Fort Pierce. And the library had two books it had Oriental Adventures and Fiend Folio. Mm -hmm. So between those two books, I tried to figure out how to play D&D &D, and it didn't work really well, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun doing it. And I moved up to Michigan in the early 90s, and my dad finally relented to let me start playing about the time Second Edition came out. And I never really looked back from there. I played Second Edition from the time it came out until uh, I went to college in 93. I played a couple of years after that. But then everybody knows that Second Edition kind of died off, and Vampire the Masquerade took over the oh, yeah. RPG industry for a while. So, like, I played that for several years. I, I switched between that and Magic the Gathering from about 95 to about 2001 when I found Third Edition D&D and been playing D&D again ever since, or, or something from the OSR. I really like the DCC MCC books. I really like Castles and Crusades. I really like Swords and Wizardry. Um, fifth edition, I enjoy it, but I look for a little more freeform play style and a little more lethality than what fifth edition currently gives the player options. The MCC, DCC, Swords and Wizardry realm seems in Castles and Crusades. Well, my my Saturday night game is is a sort or a Castles and Crusades game, and then we've been playing uh, old school essentials here. Uh, old school essentials is great too. Um, I, <laughs> I haven't actually gotten to sit down and play OSE, but you know, I've, I've looked at the books. I, I own several copies of the books and it's, yeah, it's it, good. Yeah. It's I, really good. I'm a long time swords and wizardry fan myself. I, I love the lost lands setting and all the books that have been cranked out through that, that Rappanathook or I, we call it Rapanathook, but I'm hearing it called Rappanathook here. Like I yep. don't know how to pronounce it. You'll hear me it pronounce it Rappanathook. Um, <laughs> I know both Bill and Matt and, I think they both pronounce it different ways too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard when talking to folks. It seems like a lot of people pronounce it a lot of different ways. And, and that mega dungeon thing is, is, is something I really, I love. That's one of my favorite 
of the Mega Dungeons. It is a beautiful book. I really love this. I have the Pathfinder, the Swords and Wizardry, some of the early pamphlets, and then the that. But I love that big giant Swords and Wizardry yep. black leather. Yep, cover. the black leather cover. You just slam it down on a table and listen to oh, it thud. And, I, yeah, it's great. And my list of obituaries at the back. So. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the you have recently did a Kickstarter for an MCC adventure that we briefly talked about. I, I, MCC and DCC is slightly different, I feel, than like Swords and Wizardry and stuff like that, and that it kind of takes a different approach mechanically and everything else. Yeah, it absolutely does. The dice chain makes things interesting, and the fact that you can burn your stats to make <laughs> things better. <laughs> like that that completely changes the game being able to you know spell burn down your intelligence or your luck so that you can hit like a 35 on a fireball and do 72 d6 or whatever damage it would be at that point it it, it makes it so swingy and so gonzo but it's so much fun it is such a fun system in the adventure you've put out there your crowdfund the fire in the mole uh, is what it's called, and that's for MCC Mutant Crawl Classics. Yep, I, I'm I, I'm curious. Mutant Crawl Classics has some bonkers stuff in it. I mean, it gets off the rails sometimes. I'm curious if you could give us an idea of maybe a few of the bonkers things that might be found in your adventure that we could. <laughs> yeah, I can give you a couple of ideas here. Um, I'm looking at the the PDF right now of it, oh, and nice. we've got. So the adventure takes place in a facility that was colonized, I guess, or mm-hmm. repurposed by uh, space monkeys. Oh, think yeah. Planet, think kind of like Planet of the Apes, but a little different. So they've got their own technology throughout the, the entire area. And then there are several unique monsters and a couple of artificial intelligences that can either help or foil the players, depending on what the players do so we're going to be uh coming close to time here soon could you tell the listeners where they could find y'all online pick up your stuff and maybe a few suggestions of what they might want to check out first for starters to, to kind of get a feel for silver belay and what you've been putting out yeah absolutely um we do most of our sales through drive through rpg uh i highly suggest creeping cold as a starting point that is other than Fire in the Mole, it is our most polished and best adventure. Those two, by the time this comes out, Fire in the Mole should be on drive through RPG, I would think. So one of those two, depending on what your what your flavor is, would be your best entry points for our stuff. Um, we maintain a Facebook page. That's the best place to interact with us is on the Silver Belay Facebook page. You can find us floating around Twitter sometimes. I think that there's a Silver Belay Instagram out there somewhere. I don't have anything to do with that one, though. So, And Bullet, how do you spell? I, I, I'm assuming a lot of players, listeners play and know how to spell Bullet, but there was a whole discussion when Tim Cask was on here about the pronunciation and the spelling of Silver Bullet, of Bullet. How do you spell Bullet? B-U-L-E-T-T-E. There's a two L's. Yeah, it's one L. Okay. So there's B-U-L-E-T-T-E. Yep. Silver Bullet. Yep. I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk. It's been really fun talking to you, Logar. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. 
You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Halecrom. I'm on I'm on TikTok now at Logar Halecrom too. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.